You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everyone. This is MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals edition. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz. Thanks for tuning in. We're here to talk about the Royals as we head into the winter meetings. Jeffrey Flanagan will be there. Dayton Moore will be there. Ned Yost will be there. We'll see what the Royals have up their sleeves following their 2015 title run. And really, Jeffrey, uh, it's been pretty quiet out of Kansas City so far this winter. Uh, you know, we've seen a fair amount of activity uh, in, the, in the trade market, especially uh, so far in this hot stove season. The Royals have been kind of uh, under the radar a little bit. As we head into the winter meetings, what do you suspect is, is realistic here uh, as far as targets or, or communication uh, in these next couple of weeks? Well, I mean, they've been a, typically a, a team that doesn't make a big splash at these meetings. Uh, sad yeah. to say, for people who are expecting a, a lot of rumors and stuff like that, you know, two years ago, three years ago, they did do the James Shields trade, but you know, they do a lot of their work after the meetings and before spring training, uh, even through spring training, too. They made some signings during spring, but most of their major moves last year were actually when they got back from the winter meetings, and uh, that's when they got Kendris Morales and Rios and Volquez and, and Medlin. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see kind of a similar scenario. Um, they do have some holes to fill, uh, obviously, at both corner outfield spots. Um, the rotation's a little thin right now uh, without Cueto and even without Guthrie, even though he you know, lost his job and wasn't on the playoff roster. But uh, they still got to have some bodies in there. And, uh, you know, Chris Young is an option there who pitched fantastic for them. Last year, in, in several roles, and, and Dayton Moore told me that he could easily make a case that Chris Young was the MVP of the pitching staff. So I wouldn't be surprised if they get something done there, maybe even at the meetings. Um, but in terms of big-name targets, I just don't really see it, other than maybe trying to do, get a Gordon or a Zobris back, um, one of the two maybe. Um, I don't think they're going to have that much financial wiggle room, actually. Yeah, you mentioned Chris Young, actually. uh in the afterglow of the World Series, I happened to be standing there when, when him and Ned uh, had their moment together, uh, gave each other a big hug, uh, tears in their eyes, and, and Ned said to him, uh, we're going to do this again next year. So uh, yeah. it's a pretty good indication that they, uh, they want to have him back. Uh, yeah, they should like him back. one Chris Young sign this week. Maybe we'll see another. I'm sorry? I said we saw one Chris Young sign this week with the Red Sox. Maybe we'll see the other uh, – the other one fall uh, later this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, you know, they made another minor signing last night too, uh, uh, Monday night with uh, with Tim Collins, um, who missed all of 2015 with Tommy John surgery. And I thought that was a little bit of a surprise. I thought he might be a candidate yeah. non-tender because uh, you know, 1.5 million, which is almost what he's going to be getting, is kind of a big chunk of money for um, a guy who didn't pitch last year. So a little bit of a surprise there. I thought they might be able to save some money. Um, that way, but uh, um, you know, I'm sure they they had their reasons behind it, and uh, you know, they're going to have to try to uh, really get some cost-efficient signings here because uh, um, even though there's a chunk of money coming off the payroll, um, there's you know guys like Mike Mustakas and Eric, I mean not Hazard, but uh, Lorenzo Cain and and Danny Duffy and Dyson who are going to get big arbitration bumps, um, and so it's going to be it's going to be a challenge for Dayton. It is, uh, and he's succeeded in that challenge before uh, with the sort of under-the-radar moves, uh, especially last year, obviously. Um, but if there's one big takeaway from, from last winter, it's that they had this bullpen strength. They didn't uh, 
trade from it the way some people speculated they, they could or should uh, mm-hmm. because of the rising price tags. And they even added to it, uh, bringing back Coach Shaver and, and bringing in Ryan Madsen and some others. Um, and it, it certainly seems like, and maybe the Collins move is indicative of this, but it, it seems like there's potential again to make the bullpen the uh, number one priority and, and just stock it, beef it up as much as humanly possible because we all know uh, the volatility there and, and especially with the innings that have been accrued there, it seems like it's still their uh, primary focus is, is not letting that strength become a weakness. Absolutely, and I think there's going to be some work to be done there, too, because they won't have Greg Holland next year. Uh, he'll be out with uh, with Tommy John surgery. Um, I kind of doubt they'll get Ryan Madsen back because I believe somebody out there will offer him a, a pretty healthy deal after the season he had and probably be out of the Royals' price range. Uh, Franklin Morales, who was – very good up until about August. Um, he's likely going to be uh, gone elsewhere. So they've got some holes to fill there, too. But one thing, you know, you mentioned their uh, low-key signings last year. One thing they're a master at is finding these guys. They, they just have a knack for finding the Ryan Matsons or, or the Chris Youngs. And, and I suspect, you know, I was talking to some of their scouts a couple weeks ago, and, and they've got a targeted list again of guys uh, who may appear to be washed up and, uh, but they find a way to get these guys in for lo- a low-risk signing, and, and and they tend to have terrific years for them. Uh, the winter meetings, we're going to hear uh, a lot of talk about all the big free agents, and the Royals have a couple. Uh, it's been fairly quiet on the Alex Gordon front here so far. Uh, there's, there's been a little more traction, it seems, with Ben Zobris. seems like there's a, a lot of interest there. I would imagine, I mean, Zobris is kind of his own his own class in this free agency because it's rare that a player can bounce around the way he can. Yeah. Um, Gordon's in Gordon's in the mix with a, a pretty deep uh, corner outfield class, so you can understand uh, that taking some time to to develop. But uh, first of all, with Zobrist, is there is there any thought to, to the Royals still being able to pull that off? Is there maybe some uh, negativity associated with that thought just because of, of the sheer number of teams interested in the, in the possibility of that price tag escalating out of their reach? Yeah, and there's another factor with the Zobris thing, too, is, is where, where is he going to play if, if they were able to land him? Uh, he's right. older than, than Alex Gordon, but you've already got uh, almost $16 million tied up in Omar Infante over the next two years at second base, so would you be looking at him as a corner outfielder maybe to replace Alex Gordon left? and? That would be a significant drop-off defensively, obviously. And uh, one thing Dayton Moore and his staff are, are adamant about is uh, they want guys who can defend first. And uh, especially if you're not able to secure a right fielder uh, who can defend well. Um, so, you know, they want to shore up their outfield defensively. It's a big stadium, and that's always been a priority. But uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the market value hasn't really been set for, for any of those guys. Um, yeah. And I know the Royals have, have – been very open and very interested in bringing back either one. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, the, the language they've used, though, with Alex Gordon, I wouldn't say is, is really encouraging because they talk about him uh, sort of being a, a forever a royal no matter where he ends up, which kind of leads you to believe that, that he may end up somewhere else. But, um, you know, Dayton Moore's been a big, big fan of, of Alex Gordon his whole career. I think they're as close as any GM player I've, I've ever covered. So uh, yeah. if, there's a, if there's a chance that to happen it will happen um but you know in Zobris too is another guy Dayton's coveted for many years so he finally got him and I don't think he wants to lose him because it he adds so much offensively you can kind of withstand what uh, he doesn't bring to the table defensively so 
Um, in left field is a place maybe he could hide him a little bit, and uh, if, he, if he played the whole year or something like that, I think they could, they could live with that. But he brings so much offensively up in top of the order. You saw it in the postseason. You saw it in September uh, with his switch hitting ability, his ability to on base. Uh, uh, that would be certainly a guy they'd like to get back to. Yeah, the, the nagging thought I keep having on Alex Gordon is the Orioles, so I wonder how much that will be tied to Chris Davis, his market tied to Chris Davis. Because I could see the Orioles being a team that goes heavy on Gordon if they're not able to retain Davis just because he, he fits their defensive profile so well as well, and they might have some money to burn uh, if they're not you know, able to bring back their first baseman. So we'll see. Uh, a lot of things. Yeah, that's a ballpark right that he really hit well in, too. I mean, you know, he yeah. can reach the opposite field there easily, and he's always hit well there. I mean, everybody hits well there, but um, <laughs> it's, it's a, it'd be a good landing spot for him if they can afford him. But I've heard, too, they've got a lot of money tied up, and, and some bad contracts, too, so I, I don't know how much they'll have to spend, but uh, uh, somebody's going to make them a good offer, that's for sure. You speak about ballparks. I mean, somebody asked me the other day, do you think, uh, is it is it play big in the free agent's mind where he signs in terms of a home park? And I think ultimately with most free agents, it's, you know, it's, it's the size of the, the dollar amount in the contract more than the size of the ballpark, but uh, it can't be emphasized enough how good a job the Royals have done about building a team for that ballpark. Absolutely. I mean, and I think for, for, for pitchers, it, it really does play into their decision whether or not to come here. Um, it certainly did with, with Volquez. It certainly did with uh, Chris Young. It certainly did with uh, uh, Chris Medlin. Um, it, it just, and it's not just the, the big, spacious outfield. It's, it's like you mentioned, how well they defend uh, and how many hits they take away. So, it is a factor, and that's, again, uh, another reason why Dayton's going to have to be kind of careful about how he goes about filling those corner outfielder spots because he wants guys who are athletic and can take hits away. And, um, you know, he's got some potential internal candidates in, in Dyson, Orlando. You can maybe put two in there in right field, but uh, you still want a guy who, who can really go get the ball in left field, too. All right. Jeffrey Flanagan will be in Nashville for the winter meetings. We'll check back with him. Uh, then and see what the Royals are up to on that stage. Uh, until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.